the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. If you tried that again, absolutely not. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Glad to have you on board. Joined as always by Brandon Anderson and Raheem Palmer. Today, we are one week away as we record this on Tuesday from the start of the 2021-22 NBA season. We are ready to bet. We have a ton of content for you. If you look back in this buckets feed, you're going to find MVP and six man and futures and win totals and our win totals draft. We have so much content for you. And there's even more on our site. Brandon Anderson's got his MVP pick in which he thinks there's only one. I've got an MVP piece coming out in which I think there's about 20. Uh, we'll have, we got pieces from Raheem about how to bet the NBA nightly. That's our topic for next week uh, on Wednesday's show before the first full slate of the NBA season. We'll get you set for that. All of our written content you can find in the Action Network app. It's the absolute best way for you to track your bets. You get up to the second money line. And line spread movement, you're going to find, and totals movement as well. You're going to find where the money is coming in, where the bets are. You'll find system plays, what our model has games at. The whole shebang, you want to get it right now. Download the Action Network app on your mobile device immediately. Like, stop the podcast. No, keep it running. And just keep it running and open up the App Store and download the that app right now also want to tell you check out the action network podcast it's our main feed we've got an nhl preview we've got mlb mlb playoffs continuing coverage of that as well as stucky and ray bonds nfl pick six which is my favorite nfl betting show in the entire world that comes out on thursdays oh and raheem and brandon also have the monday and friday shows in which they cover a wide gamut uh including the hot read which is invaluable if you want to get ahead of the lines you want to check that out check out our Fantasy Flex shows if you're into fantasy. Check out the golf shows if you're into golf. We have so much great stuff for you on the Action Network and the Action Network podcast. But today, it is time, gents. We are going to do best bets. But before we do any sort of like, oh, I think the value is here. We got to talk about the elephant, the flat elephant in the room. We got to talk about the space cadet in the room. And that is Kyrie Irving. Right before we started this podcast on Tuesday morning, the Nets announced that Kyrie Irving will not be allowed to join the team on a part-time basis. Essentially, he's barred from practice and the games until he decides to get the jab. Uh, until that happens, he is unavailable for the Nets. Adrian Wojnarowski started basically reporting on this to set the table on it on Monday night. He reported that Kevin Durant, Sean Marks, Joseph Sy, the owner, and James Harden would all be involved in the decision on whether or not to allow Kyrie to be a part-time player. Effectively, the assumption, this is an assumption, is that the Nets power structure, most specifically the players who are the most important here, have signed off on this decision. Uh, I reported uh, on Action Network about where the handle is. 99% of the bets at BetMGM were on the under, but the vast majority, up to 80% at DraftKings, were on the over for the Nets' win total. There's been no movement as of right now. Westgate moved it down a single win from 56 and a half to 55 and a half. That's the only movement that we've seen in response to this. Uh, Raheem, let's start with you. Where does this news move you in terms of, does this spark you to have more value on the nets? Do you think they're going to be underrated now? How do we react as better to this news that Kyrie, at least for now, will not be allowed to be with the nets? I don't think it changes anything. 
I mean, I love Kyrie Irving. You know, I'm on a similar spiritual path as this man. Um, I'm I'm vaccinated, but I mean, at least for me, it's just like even dating back to his Cleveland days, his Boston days, Kyrie has truly never really moved the needle. He's a great offensive player, but on this team, you have Kevin Durant and James Harden. We all know that if you have those two in the lineup, your win total isn't isn't going to decrease. You're, you should win the same amount of games. I think the biggest thing that this hurts them is probably in the playoffs because we know the playoffs are a war of attrition. I think as far as their win totals, this team's still going to go over. They're still going to win a ton of games. I think the biggest thing that you want to look at is probably Kevin Durant or James Harden win MVP. So I reported over the weekends, our piece went up late Sunday about handle information on MVP. And I did a straw poll of likely voters. Brandon, we had debated this on the MVP podcasting, and you liked Harden. Um, I had pushed back, and, and Raheem and I had both pushed back pretty hard on the Nets just because of the superstar structure. I do think that moving from three superstars to two, even with two MVPs on the team, and even though Kyrie's not an MVP, nor is he an MVP caliber player, I might add, uh, I do think this fundamentally changes the structure. Durant had the most votes in my preseason straw poll of likely voters that he had the most votes. So I went ahead and started building a position on Durant. I do think it's, it's has value now. Um, the books are not going to overreact to this in terms of the, the nets, like the nets are not going to move dramatically in terms of being the favorite to win the title. I don't think we're going to get a break on this. We're going to have to wait till in season to find, I think to find a better number than we're going to get now. But I do think that Kevin Durant's MVP chances go significantly up here. He doesn't fit your model, though, of 24 to 28. What do you think about KD's MVP chances, or are you going to double down on Harden with Kyrie out? Yeah, to me, the worry that I have about KD, it's partly the age thing. It's more the, the injury risk factor. I was all in on KD last year. He was my guy at the start of the season I was backing. And I think he looked the part too. He was great early on. He, you know, his he his odds skyrocketed those first few weeks when I was like, oh man, Durant is back in our lives. We love to see it. And if you told me that that Durant and Harden both played 70, 75 games and and that's that, then great. I love Durant's case. I love Brooklyn. I love their title odds, all of it. I just am worried because, you know, it's an age profile, the Achilles thing. He's coming off, you know, a long season with injuries along the way, an Olympic cycle. I'm always a little worried about guys coming out of the Olympic cycle, and this was a really short off season. To me, even though I know what we saw last season, James Harden is the durability guy that I trust on that team of the three. And it's kind of weird because his body doesn't look like it should be that way. But when I bet Harden, it's not that I believe Harden is the best of the three guys. It's that I believe he's the most likely to play enough games to carry them when Durant misses those 15, 20 games, because at the end of the day, Brooklyn, especially with Kyrie out has to make sure that Durant makes the playoffs healthy. That's it. That's all that matters. They can make the play in. who cares. You make the play in. They're going to win a game where they had to get there. They just need to be a top 10 seed and get Harden and Durant healthy to the playoffs and then go from there. Because if they don't get those two guys healthy, nothing else mattered. So I think Durant winning MVP would be almost catastrophic to Brooklyn's chances at winning a title because it it would mean him pushing far too much in regular season to what he can give at this point in his career. It's fair. I I just think that 
I, I think he can still play in a reasonable 62 games. And honestly, as long as he's above 56, I think at this point with where the season is at, that's probably enough. Um, I believe the, the, the standard, I have to look this up. There was a standard number that they had to hit historically in order to be eligible for the voters basically to, to allow it. I think in this season coming off of the COVID season and everything else, I think probably 62 gets him home. And that's, not that many, like missing 20 games is a fair chunk of the season. Yeah. I mean, that still probably gets him home there. I mean, it, it's, it's possible. This certainly is a unique circumstance because of, of where we're at. I will say though, in my Giannis article, that went up today. I did the research and the last 40 MVPs have missed 11 games or less. They're winning MVP season. 11 mm-hmm. is not that many games. That's true. And, and all, but I think it's all, but five of them have missed six or less. So it is a unique year. Durant is a unique candidate. I understand like just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it can't happen, but 11 is a very low bar. And I really don't trust Durant to, like he's going to miss 11 games. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't. I mean, I guess here's the question is, do we think that the number two vote getter would play insignificantly more to make the availability argument salient? And like, that's kind of the question. Now yours is Giannis and he's a tank. And nothing stops him. And he plays, he has a dislocate, like he suffers a, a strained knee and then or hyperextended knee and then goes out and just destroys <laughs> the Suns and winds up dropping 50 in the final uh, game. So uh, another point in Giannis's favor, who we all agreed, all of us, Brandon, agreed that Giannis was the best bet, I might add. Um, <laughs> but I think, I do, I still think that, yeah, that Katie's probably still alive here. Do any of us think that that Kyrie being out, by the way, I don't agree with you on the play in. It's too much of a risk. You have one bad game. You have one bad game versus a team that has nothing to lose and you're out. Like this is the inherent risk. This is why the players hate it. Like I will tell you, I do not like, I would not be like, oh no, the Nets are definitely winning. Like we thought that the Warriors were definitely winning versus the Grizzlies and that did not happen. Like it's one game. A lot of weird things can happen, but do we think that Kate, that Kyrie being out, if he missed now, he may not miss the entire season. He might get the jab tomorrow. He might get the jab two weeks from now. Um, he, he needs to get both of them. So it's going to be a while, but still um, he might be like Jeff Sherman told Darren Ravel of the action network that he still thinks that Kyrie probably gets the jab at some point this season. And so he'll play. I mean, no, no disrespect to Jeff Sherman. He, what does he know about the mind state of Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what any of I, I think Raheem, being more spiritually in line with him, probably has better <laughs> insights uh, into where he's at. You know, I don't know. Like, it depends. Yeah. Does the, you know, does the Illuminati tell him to? I don't know. These are all questions that I think we need to ask when it comes to Kyrie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, with, with Andrew Wiggins, when this thing blew up like a week ago, it never really worried me too much because. Andrew Wiggins seems like a pretty normal person. And with the pressure that was being put on him and the clear stance taken, it felt like, okay, it's a matter of time. I don't get that feeling. Kyrie is not a matter of time kind of person. I feel like he is a dig my heels in and draw a line in the sand sort of person. So I don't take this stance as, okay, it's, this is it. You're in or you're out. I think he's going to be like, I'm out. And that's, that's not reporting. That's just me. Yeah. A month ago. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who during the NBA bubble was con- trying to convince people not to play basketball, even though he wasn't even going to be playing. And then he responded that we should just start our own league. So that's the, the mindset that you have to recognize that you're dealing with in this situation. So well, I don't think it's a thing. A month ago, 
uh, Preston Johnson, who's going to join me a little bit later. Uh, Preston was on Sports Cheetah was on with me, and he dropped like, you know, I don't know about Kyrie. There's no news about him possibly retiring. And I was like, wait, what? And now here we are. Like that's the thing that everybody's kind of waiting on is whether or not Kyrie retires. Um, let me ask this: If the Nets number moves down, if the market moves it down, let's say it moves to three hundred, does that prompt you to make a bet, Raheem? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, I, I actually I did. I wrote a, a way too early analysis of the NBA season um, for two twenty for two thousand twenty two right after the finals, and I was saying that you take the Nets at plus two ten. Okay. So I think at plus three hundred or so, I think there's there's some value on it. We basically saw last last season that if Harden doesn't get hurt, then they win that series, and they were a KD toe on the line, probably from going to the finals because I think they beat Atlanta. I don't. I don't agree with you there. I think that that series was a smoke and mirrors. But Brandon, are you with them that if it moves to three hundred, you're going to bet it? I don't think so. I think I'm actually going to wait. And I was someone that was betting the Nets a while ago and arguing for for their case. I just worry that the floor here is a lot lower. That you know, same thing with the Lakers. We don't necessarily know exactly what Russell Westbrook is going to add to them long term. But it adds so much to the floor. It's the security blanket for what if LeBron or or Davis gets hurt? What if Durant gets hurt? What if Harden gets hurt and misses a month, misses two months? That's definitely in play with those guys. And it's just there there are so many more paths where this can go wrong, where the injuries pile up, where the mileage gets too high in the regular season. If I knew that those two are healthy for a full playoff run, I'd still feel great. But because of Kyrie's not being there, that makes that less likely for me. And I don't see as much value or reason to bet it now when I can wait out some of those variables and hope to bet it later. I think probably, I think here's the thing. I'm willing to wait to see if we get a better opportunity in the regular season that it dips too low. Basically, like we saw this last year where like an injury will happen and the market overreacts. And we're like, uh, the playoffs are still like four months away. Why are we freaking out now? And if that doesn't happen and the Nets just roll through, I still feel like I'm going to get a pretty good number to start the playoffs. Maybe not. Maybe this number goes to like minus 150 to start right. the, to start the playoffs and then I just lost the title value and we'll we'll yeah. see it then I'm probably betting bucks cuz that bucks number probably goes down um but I'm willing to, I think I'm willing to wait as well let's talk about some best bets Raheem I want to get started with you uh can you give me a handful of best bets and we'll talk about them for the okay. pre preseason futures okay I like the the Pelicans under 39 and a half wins the Mavericks under 48 wins like roll with that just because, I mean, we saw it before. <laughs> Jason Kidd is just as big of a downgrade at coach that you could possibly have. I told you guys I like Jason Tatum to win MVP. I like Giannis to win MVP. I like the Grizzlies over 41 and a half wins. I like the Celtics over 45 and a half wins. I like the Jazz over 51 and a half wins. I like the Pacers over wins. Pacers, I think, are an interesting one. The Carlisle bump, I think, is significant. I wonder why I'm not like getting more enthused. I don't know why. Like I, I looked at that and like object, objectively there's value there, but for whatever reason, I've just, I haven't been like, Oh man, like I just really love this one. And maybe that's a good sign, right? Like I'm not getting suckered mm-hmm. in by exciting talent versus whatever else. Um, the other thing I'll say, you mentioned the Mavericks on the under, uh, instead of doing the win total under, I took their, you have to lay juice on it. It's minus minus one thirty. Their seating is four and a half above DK and points bet. And that to me is like gold. Like I'm willing to lay the 130 on that because one, like 
Warriors, Lakers, Jazz are all better. So that leaves one spot for them. I think the Nuggets and Suns are better. And I think there's a coin flip chance the Blazers are better. Like, I, I think the Mavericks are at the bottom of that list of teams. And so multiple of those teams, I have to be wrong about multiple of those teams. And Dallas would have to be significantly better with Jason Kidd in order to jump up there. Um, I feel like there's a good chance that they could get the five seed and even be tied, but lose tiebreaker. And then on the other end of it, if I'm wrong, I'm probably just shifting him. Like if the Mavericks look like killers and they just look amazing, I'm probably going to start looking at, at ways to bet them to win the West and look at that because they do have Luca, who's one of the best players in the league. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks? Yeah, I, we all agree on the Mavericks. I think to me, the way to fade the Mavericks is with another one of Raheem's plays. He mentioned the Grizzlies over. We all like the Grizzlies over. We all like the Mavericks under. If that's the case and the, and the Mavs are under 48 and the Grizz are over 42, well, now we're getting very close to each other. That is a division play to me. And I have a division article coming out. This is my favorite division bet. Grizzlies to win the division is plus 440. To me, that is nearly a coin flip between those teams. I have them projected both at 44 to 48 wins. Memphis is a great regular season build. They're built around defense. They have awesome depth. They're the exact sort of team that you want to bet on the regular season. Taylor Jenkins has really had the team overperform the last couple of years. And I, I don't know that the Grizzlies are going to win the division. I think it's even, but we're not getting anywhere close to even odds. Plus 440 is a crazy number for this, for teams that if Dallas's big ceiling isn't necessarily there and Memphis is going to, Memphis has a high floor and going to be in that range. I think that one comes down to a couple of games by the end of the season and a lot of chances to hedge out if we, if we need to as well. So that to me is the way to play to fade Dallas and bet on Memphis. Let's see. All right. So uh, to miss the playoffs, because you turned me on to this one, Brandon, you, you mentioned that you're like, look, I'm taking, I like Dallas is to miss the playoff odds. They're plus four twenty five right now at points bet. Um, the Grizzlies are actually, they are no to miss the playoffs in minus 140. So I can't go both. I can't go on both sides of that. Like that's what I would like to do. Right. Is basically say, look, one of those teams is going to miss the playoffs because one of them is going to wind up in the play in tournament. And then I can just hedge the other way. Right. Like I can just bet heavy on the Mavericks yeah. or Grizzlies uh, in their playing games to to hedge out if I don't like the situation. Um, well, the, the 400 numbers are interesting there because so you can bet on Grizzlies to win the division at plus over 400, mm-hmm. or you can bet on the Mavs to miss the playoffs at over 400. So which of those two is more likely? And I think at that Memphis. point, I feel better betting the Grizzlies division because I don't have to fade Luka Doncic in one or two play-in games at that point. Like at Dallas, it's very hard to see. Luca is so good. The floor is too high. Unless Luca misses a lot of time, they're going to at least make a play in game. I think we all agree on that. So at least now Luca has a chance to win a game or two on his own, which he could and get them into the playoffs. I feel better betting against a couple extra games in the regular season than betting against Luca when he's facing, you know, the Spurs or Kings or someone like that to get to the playoffs. Brandon, what are your best bets for the preseason? So Grizzlies division was one of my three um, MVP Giannis at plus 900 is another one. I've got an article out on that just came out today. Uh, another one I love. This is very not a Brandon bet because the number is so short. Steph Curry to lead the league in three pointers per game yeah. at minus 170 is he's literally has done it eight seasons in a row, like all of them since he started yeah. being Steph Curry, all of them. He's led the league in threes per game. 
last year, 5.3 per game versus Damian Lillard's 4.1. So this is not close. Like I knew you hear that and think, Oh, only one three per game. No, you don't just accidentally make a hundred more threes in a season. Like <laughs> the warriors also are shooting 57 threes per game in preseason right now, which is like the rockets on steroids. So he might actually shoot more than ever. I did the math and right now, and I know it's only three preseason games. So whatever, but right now Steph is averaging per 34 minutes, which is his usual minute load, 15.7 threes per game. If he <laughs> takes that many threes per game and makes them at his usual career rate, which is 43.3%, he will literally break the all-time threes record in a season, the game before the all-star break, wow. which is just absurd. Right. So literally this bet is does Steph play enough games, which is 58 to, to make the bet. That's it. That's all you're betting on is does he play 58 games? I have to take it. Like to me, this is the bet that is funding my other crazy future long shot bets. So (laughs) that's where I'm going with that one. Uh, I love the Celtics. So I'm betting them in a number of ways under the five and a half seed at at plus juice. I'm betting that I love Udoka for coach of the year. I'm taking little tiny sprinkles on Celtics division odds in case Brooklyn implodes a little bit. Uh, Celtics, if they do win the division as a one or a two seed, because basically then it's Boston and Milwaukee. So you've got to you know possibly play some of those. It's like a plus 2,800, I think, for those top seeds. So those are some of my favorites. I have got Steph Curry three-pointers at five different books. I have bet that. <laughs> At every book I that offers it that I have money in, like just if I see it, it goes into my little cart immediately goes on the bet slip. Like I, if I see it, I have bet it because I just feel like it's it's such a good it's such a good bet. Um, yeah, like, look, I mean, if, if I'm wrong and Steph gets hurt, I'm willing to be wrong. Like, I'm just yeah. willing to be wrong that that happens. You can't. This is always the, the trouble with injuries. You, we talk about like he's an injury risk and there are guys that are definitely injury risks. Like Otto Porter is a guy that just has not played in games. Like he's a big concern for me for the Warriors because he looks awesome, but he always gets hurt. You're just going to have to live with some of the, like this yeah. is part of the risk. Yeah, you, 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 you got to live with it. Yeah. If, if, if I told you, if I guaranteed you that stuff made the injury limit, so he plays his 58 games, what percentage chance would you give me that he does not lead the league in threes per game? Five percent. Yeah. And I like to me, the math on it, the, I, I would literally and I'm not exaggerating the math in my article. I would say under a hundredth of a percent chance. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, I yeah, I know the math on it leads that way. My only thing is like, you know, uh, I, here's what's interesting. All right. So we got preseason. Then we got like what Kerr has gone to the last couple of years, which is he's fucked around with mid range a lot. The last couple of years, like Kerr has. And if they don't respect Otto Porter, the same way or they don't respect Jordan Poole the same way. Like last year he wound up taking a lot of mid-range shots. Steph did mostly because like the teams were were selling out so blatantly. It should be easier for him. But like but then you get in the other problem of just like even if he takes fewer who catches him. And to me like the only guys that reasonably can are Buddy Healed, who shoots a metric ton and some sort of outlier, not even Duncan Robinson, because he's not going to have the usage. Yeah. It would have to be somebody like absolutely crazy. Do, do you know who it actually could be? And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lob this one to you, and then you can jump in with your future's best bets. Could Jordan Poole lead the league in threes? If he oh, wow. starts and and the Warriors are really shooting this much, he's, he's had more three-point attempts than Steph. 
What about him? I know you like him for six man or most improved. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in a really tough. So I bet Jordan Poole, we talked about him on the pod. I bet him for six man. The concern, somebody was like, well, look, is he going to start too many games? Because if Clay doesn't come back until late January, now we're now you're like people really don't understand how the NBA season works. Like the all-star break is the quote midpoint of the season. <laughs> There's like 55 games done by that point. You're well over halfway through the season by the time that the all-star game rolls around. Instead, so that's a concern, right? Clay doesn't come back, or when he does, he's coming off the bench. Jordan Poole starts. He plays so well that he keeps starting to the point where, like, it wouldn't shock me if they went to, like, uh, Steph, Poole, Clay, right, Draymond, or Otto Porter, Draymond. Like, that wouldn't shock me. That wouldn't surprise me. So, like, I'm concerned there. Most improved, though, I get in this. I'm so influenced by that research that we, we found on all-stars mm-hmm. and i'm like do i think jordan Poole is gonna be an all-star this season probably not and so that like influence i don't i don't want to hedge my pool six man of the year bet with most improved but he might be like the cj mccullum case so i, I think i'm probably gonna wind up betting him for most improved too and, and with the i mean they're both long so i'm gonna get a good number on either one yeah. um you asked me about my best bets i this is like an impossible question for me because it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack because of how many NBA preseason futures I bet. Um, I will say Jazz over 51 and a half. This was my top pick last week in our win totals draft. It's my best bet. If I'm wrong on the Jazz, I'm willing to be wrong. Like, okay, every piece of evidence went against me. Like, they have Rudy Gobert, who's this big defensive you know presence and plays drop coverage. Their defense is consistent. They have all this continuity. Like, Raheem, you said you bet the Jazz uh, over as well. Like, is there anything I'm missing here about about our, like, risk profile for the Jazz over? I mean, outside of injury, I just don't see how they don't make it. I mean, obviously, they they underperformed their Pythagorean expectation. Donovan Mitchell missed a ton of time last season. Like, this is just one of those well-oiled machines that, that keep going. They're going to have a top-five defense with Gobert in the lineup. Like, they've proven that they can score points. I'm not seeing why this total was so low, especially when you look at the landscape of the Western Conference. I, I'm just not that high on the Lakers. The Clippers obviously don't have Kawhi Leonard. The Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray. We're gonna They're going to have the same season they had last year to a lesser extent, and then we're going to be fading them in the playoffs. To me, the, the one thing that I can't shake the feeling of is – I've mentioned the Olympics thing and the short, you know, the, the long seasons and short off season. I am a little concerned about Rudy Gobert. There's a lot of injury history there. Big man, you know, he's on the wrong side of his career arc at this point. And I think we would agree whether he's the best player on the team or not, he is the most important player on the team. If Rudy Gobert is suddenly out for a month, six weeks, something like that, suddenly the defense falls through the floor. And I think that that's, that's their big concern on this team. If you could take only one thing that could really tank. The he's 29 and he's on the wrong side of his career. <laughs> absolutely. For, for NBA big men, for, for dudes that size, 29 is absolutely on the wrong side of a career. Arc. I'm not willing to go that far. I think even in, in that's, today, that's in, insanity. Well, I think, I think part of it, the key here is he has played a lot of minutes. He came in the league young. And big men do wind up having back and foot problems pretty consistently. I will say that he doesn't play because he doesn't play in the post. He doesn't play quite as much of a bruising style. Like I don't, I don't ever watch Rudy and be like, Oh man, he's taking a beating. Like it doesn't, 
he doesn't play that. He doesn't play unphysical. He isn't. He is a physical intimidating presence because of his shot blocking skill, but he's not like a bruiser. Right. Like I have, I have more concerns about other big men. Uh, oh, I'm beat. Then I do about like Rudy yeah. Gobert. Like he's springier, he's lighter, he's stuff like that. Uh, I have Giannis MVP futures. That's my biggest position. My second biggest mm-hmm. is Curry. I have a huge position on Curry. Um, I, I actually, I think Giannis has to be the best bet. Curry is the one that I like the most, just because we've talked about this. I love the way they look in preseason. Um, the, Steph is just such a darling, right? Like he just he checks all the boxes for me. Where the advanced metrics are going to love him, the beat writers love him. The national personalities love him. He's a great interview. He's a swell guy. Like Steph checks every single narrative. Chef, Steph checks every single box. There's just nothing I'm worried about with Steph Curry outside of injury. And we already talked about that. So he's on my list as well. Uh, to wrap this up, though, I do have one that I'm considering and I need to get you. I need y'all's influence on this one. Um, we're very lucky. DraftKings has posted conference finalist odds, not just finals matchup, but conference finals matchup odds. So what's going to be the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals matchup? The West, I think that there's a I think it's too diverse, honestly, to get a good number on it. I'm hoping these numbers stay up in the regular season so I can bet it then. But in the East, returning to our Nets question, Nets box is plus 290 to be the Eastern Conference finals. Wow. Almost three to one. We all agree the East is the Bucks and the Nets. And then there's some teams and then there's some worse teams. The biggest risk here is that it winds up some team jumps up to one and the Nets and Bucks go two three and they meet in the second round. That's like the concern here. Outside of that, I don't think that we can like if they are not on the same side of the bracket. How is this not value at 290? Raheem, what do you think? I think you laid, you, you laid out the concerns right there. And because they're or like, what would be the way to hedge out of it? I think that's the thing that scares me. Like you have to would, take, you'd have to take basically the teams that you think can have great seasons to get the one seed. So yeah, you can get a long number on Sixers, Celtics, Heat. Mm. I don't think Hawks are, I like the Hawks a lot, but I don't think they're one seed good. Whatever team you think has a chance at the one thing, I know Brandon likes the Celtics a lot. You take like that would be how to build a position is you bet the 290 at a big spot and then you bet smaller amounts to hedge on one of the other ones because you could still wind like there's still a possibility you wind up hitting both. Like you can wind up hitting the one is Boston, the two is the Bucks, the three is the Celtics, uh, and the four is the Nets. Right. And then we still have the same situation where that that top seed hits but you're just you're asking you're trying i mean this is the problem with futures right you're trying to predict out six months from now how this is going to shake out and this is often with a handful of games i just wind up being like if they're not in the same side of the bracket you're getting three to one odds yeah i think it's interesting because to me it's here's a different way to frame it there are definite concerns about brooklyn we we've talked about them we we don't necessarily know what they're going to look like but Let's say that it's the playoffs. Kyrie never played this season. And end of round one, the Nets have beat whoever, doesn't matter. But one of the two superstars is banged up, playing through, but it's very clear Durant isn't himself. So we've got full strength Harden, 65% Durant, and the rest of the roster. Even in that scenario, is there any other team in the East that you think 
knocks out the Nets besides the Bucks because I don't know that there necessarily is, which means that I'm basically betting on the Nets to play the Bucks at some point in the playoffs. And the conference finals is the most likely spot for it. So mm-hmm. to me, that's an interesting way to think about it. When you were reading off the, the conference finalists, my first instinct was hard pass. I want no part in having to bet a parlay's future, essentially. But I thought you were going to read the odds off something close to even or even with a minus number on it. At near 300, I, I think this is really interesting because like I, I would rather bet on this outcome than a Nets title right now because yeah. it's not it's not as far. You've you got more outs this way. I think... I mean, it's, it's difficult. I think part of this though gets into the, the whole idea of, you mentioned like what team is gonna, I don't think like, this is a lot of the difference between like, this is, I, this just gets to a very central part of how I'm approaching my betting this year. I am trying really hard to let go of my priors and to have my priors be flexible to not be like, no, 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 no team is going to be as good as the nets. When you take those kind of possessions, I feel like you're just opening yourself up for the blind side and that's where you get hit with things opening yourself up to more yeah. possibilities i think is is better it makes it harder to, to evaluate but that's the key right is we're not trying to find the and instead of thinking this is betting trying to find the answer to a puzzle you're thinking probabilistically and just being like you're comparing the number to what you think the probability chances and for me at plus 300 what's our implied on that anybody got off the top of their head i mean it's close to 25 percent. that's 300 is 25 percent so it's a little less than 25% right. or a little more yeah. than 25%. Rather. Yeah. So yeah. do I think there's a better than 25% chance that the Bucks and Nets meet in the conference finals? That's in, like you said, instead of being minus 110, even that's a little bit more in line. It's pretty, it's, it's a pretty close. It's definitely one. I, I'm I just struggle. I struggle with needing so many different things to happen. Mm-hmm in this scenario like this and is you, not and you don't have any control over it right like if they yeah. especially if they take this off the board and we never see it again then it's just gone like you can bet at then bet mgm you can bet finals matchup throughout the year but DraftKings isn't like that so if DraftKings just take this off the board you don't have hedge opportunities throughout the year at all i approach things like in the daryl Morey way every single thing that we see is a data point yeah and i try to have as much information as possible before pulling the trigger. And this is not a, a situation to where I feel like the risk actually meets the reward. You're only getting almost plus 300 on your money. And it's just like, if I'm going, if I, if I need that many things to happen, I need 10 to one, 15 to one, 20 to one, because, and then you're tying your money up for God knows when. Right. Well, this is extremely not a bet that Raheem is ever going to be talked into. Yeah. Two, a future featuring two teams that both have to hit is not how Raheem is going to play. What I would say this, though, where Raheem is focusing on there are too many ways that this can go wrong. But I think it's fair to acknowledge that there are a lot of ways this can go right also. Like this doesn't have to mean these are the top two teams. They're awesome all season. And now we met in the finals like this. The, it could be that you know, that the Nets are awful all season and only end up as the sixth seed, but get healthy at the right time. And now they make a run there. Like there are a lot of other things go wrong, but then go right later scenarios where, where this can work out too. So I think it's fair to acknowledge the downsides, but there are a lot of other 
positive outcomes that aren't the best one that still can get us there too. That's going to wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Make sure to follow Brandon and Raheem in the Action Network app. Search for their names in the follow button, and you'll be able to track all their bets. You can track mine as well, HP Basketball. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell a friend. We need to spread the word on Buckets. If you enjoy this, let's go ahead and, and get the word out about Buckets. On tomorrow's show, we have a special Special, we have a bunch of special episodes for you before the start of the season. But tomorrow, Justin Fan and Preston Johnson, two of the best NBA professional bettors out there, are going to give me their best bets on the season. Sports Cheetah and, J- and JP Hannon, you'll find out more about that. Uh, J Fans is going to be on with us tomorrow. Great stuff. Make sure to check the feeds for that. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys again next time on Buckets.